Hello and welcome to the Mixed Air Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B. Wise. This is a podcast where we talk about hip-hop from boom bap to trap. We're a group of hip-hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip-hop. My co-hosts are Kev and DJ Reaper. Yeah, man, let's jump into it. For tonight's episode, we're going to be doing a stream or no stream for King Von's new project, What It Means to Be King. We're also going to do an old school hip hop artist spotlight on our man, Sean Price. And then we're going to talk hip hop, Notorious B.I.G.'s Life After Death 25th anniversary. So let's jump into it with our social media plugs. Kev, tell them where they can find us on social media. You can check us out on Twitter at Mixed Air Rap. And you can find us on Instagram at Mixed Air Rap Pod. Yeah, man, that's what's up. Reaper, tell them where they can find you on social media. Find me across all platforms as Twitter, Instagram, WeChat if you're on that Asia tip, or Mixcloud if you like DJ mixes at the 313kid, T-H-E, 313-K-I-D. Yo, that's what's up, for sure, for sure. All right, let's jump straight into it with our man, King Von, and uh, the song, one of the songs we thought was notable from his project, What It Means to Be King, and let's get it. Let's get straight to it. Let's do it. Ain't tryna talk, let's do it. Let's nigga play crazy in this bitch, we shoot. We shoot. The ops be sick, they lose. All these guns we got, we use. He got caught, that boy with snooze. He's stuck, got 30, hurry up, get a new one. Nigga, you don't wanna get it to it. Let's get straight to it. Let's do it. Ain't tryna talk, let's do it. Let's nigga play crazy in this bitch, we shoot. We shoot. The ops be sick, they lose. All these guns we got, we use. He got caught, that boy with snooze. He's stuck, got 30, hurry up, get a new one. Nigga, you don't wanna get it to it. Shorty, I was popping out early. I was outside sliding with the clock. Yo, that was uh, straight to it with my man Fabio Foreign as the uh, feature on that track. Man, let's jump straight into it, man. Fellas, let's just jump into it with this question. The production on this joint, what did you think about it? It's it's quite repetitive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think, but I, I, I don't know. For some reason, it felt like a lot of King Vaughn songs feel that way. Am I the only one that feels that way? Not at all. Well, out of the 19 tracks, I would say without looking, I would say, uh, or without looking again, maybe 10 of them are produced by the same guy. So that's playing into it for sure. But it's too long, man. We're, you know, this isn't the original question, but it's too long. It's 19 tracks. One of the tracks, <laughs> we knew that was coming. One of the tracks is an outro. Okay, fine. Again, back in the day, because I, I specifically know Ludacris' second album, Word of Mouth, is 19 tracks. However, off the top of my head, I think there's three skits and an intro and an outro that turns into Block Lockdown, that turns into the, the hidden track. So, again, if you've got 19 tracks, but you've got, you know, something that ties it together to make it feel more like a cohesive, you know, project or movie or something then fine. But nah, man. And you know what? I think his justification might be, uh, well, the songs are short. I can get away with more songs. Cause you know, I'm looking at it right now. First song is a minute and 38, two forty, two thirty, two. I think there's only one song. Okay. Two songs on a whole album. That's longer than three minutes. Like they're all, two minutes, two and a half minutes or less. 
it's like, yeah, but just because you got a bunch of two minute songs doesn't mean you should have 19 songs, man. Like, come on. If it's two minutes, does it really need to be on the album at all? Like, anyway. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I know one point for me, it was like three songs had played, and I thought I was still on one song. Yeah. It just, it, it, it like three songs felt like one. And, and that's what kind of, it threw me off. Cause I looked, I was like, I think, I thought I was on track five and I was on track seven. <laughs> but it, it is, it, it's, it was under an hour, but it did feel long though. Yeah. It says total runtime is 48 minutes and 51 seconds. So it's, it's pretty much shy of an hour, which is wild. But you know what else too? If it was a bunch of short songs from a versatile list of producers, maybe but quite repetitive a lot of the beats sound similar and again it's just a lot of trap stuff it was about i remember looking down at my phone at about track 10 or track 11 where i was just like all right man i'm ready to kind of listen to something else because this is just the same songs over and over and over yeah i'm with you on that uh chop squad dj did nine of the songs on this project Outside of that, uh, no one else did more than one. I will say that uh, Hitmaker, his track is probably going to do well with uh, G Herbo. Uh, I don't know if they le- released it as a single yet, but I definitely think that that's going to do very well just because Hitmaker is hot right now. And um, again, overall, uh, the production was definitely repetitive. I thought it got... Uh, it got better a little bit in the middle. And, and you can tell if you look at the track list, that's where most of the different um, producers are. And then when you get towards the end, you get back to uh, Chop Squad DJ and then it gets more repetitive again. But I did think he stepped his game up towards the end. Again, this is a posthumous album, so I don't know who curated it. And so I'm not even going to ask about the curation because we know that he wasn't here to do the curation for it. So my next question, fellas, would be, Oh, yeah. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. My next question would be the features on it and his overall flow on the tracks, even though they were repetitive. Reaper? I mean, you know what? I uh, I found out about King Von. Uh, it's crazy that you said that it's a posthumous so he got killed two years ago for people that don't know what posthumous means before he got killed. And, you know, man, wow. Not, I'm not, I'm not going to cut it too much slack, but that it does change my perspective. Like in real time, now that I'm thinking about that, because if you think about it from that perspective, perhaps chop squad DJ was his boy and they were doing a lot of work together previously before he got killed. I don't know. And um, maybe he did a lot of the beats like that on purpose. Like, oh, this is the kind of stuff that he would like. We're not going to hook him up. Because, again, again, we're going to talk about Biggie later. But they did the Biggie Duets album. And uh, some people were complaining, like, Biggie would never collaborate with this person or choose a beat like this. Like, this doesn't sound like some Biggie Small stuff, you know, kind of thing. And, um, and then they put that Mob Deep feature on there. And they were just like, no, he actually wasn't really cool with Mob Deep like that. And blah, 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 blah. So what was your question? Oh, his flow. Uh, So someone got me hip to King Von or talked about King Von. Maybe 
a handful of months, six months or eight months or so before he got killed. And he does have a lot of fans out there. Maybe not as uh as many as Dirk or um uh, who's that like uh NBA young boy, those people we always talk about to have the, the, the wildest fans. Not as, as much as that, at least from what I've interacted with, but the people that do like him really rock with him because of the flow. So I would say it's par for the course of what I've heard from King Von flow wise and that's surely to make the, the, the fans happy or will make the fans happy rather. And uh, man, like I said, that's wild. I didn't even think about that. But if you think about it from that perspective, maybe it's like putting out just a playlist of King Von bangers, like the last stuff that he's got recorded in the vault. And if you think about it from that perspective, dang, man, that's going to skew how I'm uh, rating the album. But if you think about it from that perspective, I don't have as much as an issue with it. Because, again, like you said, maybe because this is two years after he's gotten killed. This is not you couldn't even say maybe this is somebody else just finishing an album he already had in the works. This could literally just be a bunch of vocals that they just, you know, produced to and just put them all out. And again, maybe he didn't have 100 songs in a vault. Maybe he only had 19. And it's just like, well, we could do a 10 track album and a 10 track album later. But let's just put them all on one and be done with it so yeah it's a lot to it there i i would tell you that i think that a lot of the chopper squad stuff he had put together before he passed and that the hit maker and um some of the other producers came in like uh tm 88 i he, he, you know i think he came in and maybe even uh uh kid hazel came in later and just put their their spin on what he already had in the vault I would say I, I'm we're, we're reaching for straws without actually talking to the producers themselves. So, uh, Kev, again, your thoughts on his flow and the features. I mean, you know, he, he has this very angry, aggressive flow, which yeah, if you don't have the right beat, it, it just doesn't catch. So like, like Reaper was saying, like 19 songs of it's, Nah, man. It, you know, ten songs of that would have been good, but um, you overall, I don't really like these new after death albums because they don't feel they don't feel complete. It, it, I mean, it's one thing where if it felt like these rappers actually did like two verses over these actual beats and didn't, you know, I could see okay throwing in a verse from a guest or just leaving it as as two, but some of the stuff just felt like. It was just random vocals mixed with random beats, and then they put it together, and it's kind of like, uh, and then you got to add on a bunch of guests to to fill up space, and it's, I mean, you know, it's not necessary. It's like, you know, I mean, the man passed, and it just felt like people just want to make money off his death. I mean, you know, let him, just let him be, <laughs> you know. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't agree with albums like this in this day and age, and I mean, really ever. Because if it just doesn't sound like it was something that was either close to like 80% done before this person passed away, then don't do it. Just just leave it alone. Well, you know what? They might have like left instructions because sometimes it's like, you know, I've got 50 songs in a vault, 100, 200 songs. So like taking stuff that was already out again with Biggie Duets, it had some new stuff on there, but like two or three songs. But it was really just taking the second verse 
from an album cut on life after death putting it on a new beat like that's that's not okay it's like making money off his name but if somebody has 500 songs in a vault a thousand songs in a vault like again like i'm not saying i'm not wishing death on currency but like imagine how much music he puts out now imagine how much music he probably still has that he just doesn't put out or hasn't put out or or whatever maybe that's not true because he put out everything that he recorded but what i'm saying is what if someone has that kind of work ethic and they're just recording songs every single day maybe they left instructions like you know if if something happened to me just i can i mean like i said i can deal with if you if 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 the music is completed by the artist and and i think sometimes you can tell what's completed and what's not completed Cause some some stuff just it doesn't feel right, or just something feels missing. For me, I know for me, like it's like like you said, the Biggie duets. That was a terrible album. I don't I don't I don't care what was on. I don't care if it was anything new or old or what. It was a terrible album because it was. It felt like a whole bunch of filler. It, it, it felt like this last attempt to make money off of Biggie's name, or even like the uh, all the Tupac stuff. You know, Machiavelli should have been it. But then they had this Machiavelli three and four and five and all these underground mixtapes, and it was just like, really, you know? Okay, he no, but Pac, Pac still recorded that stuff. What you talking about? I mean, but uh, some of them, some of them beats Pac didn't rap on, no. Yeah, he did in Cuba. <laughs> all right, next stop, next segment. <laughs> all right. I'm trolling. I'm trolling, y'all. That's what's up. All right, we're going to jump into it with the last song that we thought was notable from uh, King Von's uh, project, and here we go. was get it done off of king von's uh, project what it means to be king question stream or no stream and overall thoughts on the project i'm gonna start this one off and just say that you know god rest the young man's soul uh i do think he was talented he was unable you know because his life was cut short to show any growth so this is just the pocket that he was in i'm gonna give him credit purely based on there was at least four to five tracks on there. Again, we don't know if they were produced, uh, you know, after his death or not, but there were some tracks that were at least for me, danceable stuff that I would play in the set if I was doing a sweet 16 or something like that. But overall, uh, I would say it's uh, a stream for me. All right, let's check in with uh, Reaper. Your overall thoughts on the project and stream or no stream. Um, like I said, it, it is a bit repetitive, but uh, to your point, there are some songs that's all right on there. Um, if you like trap music, um, trap bangers, you know, if you don't mind the repetitiveness or, yeah, just need some one or two hitters to put in a trap playlist or a party playlist or something. Yeah, sure. I'm not the biggest fan of it, so I'm going to say skip it. No stream. But uh, I'm not saying that the album is terrible. And I'm not letting uh, him getting killed uh, 
sway my vote that much. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for that, Reaper. And let's let uh, Kev anchor this one. Kev, your thoughts on the project overall and stream or no stream? It's a no stream for me. You know, I, I, I don't want to say it was a bad album. It was just, it felt long. If you took the 10 best songs off of here and put those together, that's a definite, that'd be a definite yes for me. But yeah, right now, these 19 songs, it's a no for me. All right, that's what's up. And that was our review and stream or no stream of King Von's project, What It Means to Be King. All right. Now we're moving on to our next segment, and that is our old school hip hop artist uh, spotlight on our man, Sean Price. Uh, I just want to jump in and, and, and say that uh, for me, you know, it, it was important to do this uh, gentleman based on the fact that he was such a uh, underground legend, you know, and uh, that that's one of the things we haven't done on the show is any underground people. We've done a lot of uh, kind of mainstream artists. And uh, I thought that it was worthwhile to do something to bring someone on the table that uh, a lot of people haven't heard from. So, again, this is just me saying, you know, this is Brooklyn's finest and he deserves a his flowers. And again, another artist who died uh, early in his life. He was only 43 when he passed away. And there was some bit of uh, quietness to uh, his passing. So, again, I don't you know, we don't have a lot of details on that, but uh, just happy to know that uh, he had a really good um, career as far as he started off with Helter Skelta and then he did his own thing. And he also collaborated with a lot of other people. So, again, you know, I really appreciate uh this dude. So let's jump into it with um, one of his most popular songs, and that is Onion Heads. And here we go. Let's go. Yo, hey, yo, bitch, Harvey, this Swiss Army knife in my hand. Know this shit corny, but it can end the life with your fam. Niggas know Sean nice with the hands. Watch me punch up your face, dig in your pockets, leave you right where you stand. Got a dumb bitch that live in Japan. Black belt, suck dick, chop bricks with a hand. Arigato, Sean Price slick like El Gato. Three piece suit in the booth, ain't shit cute, right? Smack off half your smile. Yeah, man. And that was Onion Head featuring our man Tech. And that's our boy Sean Price. So let's jump into it with Kev. Kev, your thoughts on Sean's career and his overall his overall addition to the art of hip hop. I, I, you know, he he's one of my personal top five. Um, when we did our top five list, I had him right there. I think I had like a three or four. So um, I think very highly of him as a uh, M- MC all, like, overall. He's very, 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 very underrated, and I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think it's, I think it would have been kind of hard for him to go mainstream, not because of his music, but just him personally. You know, he, he wasn't a bad guy, but he was just very straightforward person, and that wouldn't have, you know, that wouldn't have went over well with, like, mainstream society. But, I mean, just overall for him, you know, being signed to Duck Down – uh, starting off in a rap duo, which was, which was a good duo. Helter Skelter, man. That first Helter Skelter album, man. That that thing's nice, man. I still listen to that today. 
And then him just him going solo and you know just having this wonderful career. Yeah, he died too uh too early. And you know, I wish you know, outside of you know, like underground people, they know the onion head figure four and all that, but you know, later on in his life, he had this uh is one one of my favorite albums is one he did with Illa J is uh Metal Detectors, and it's just one of the best boom bap albums I didn't ever heard ever. And I mean, it's just hard, rugged, straight New York. I mean, it's just, it's just great. I mean, you know, if if I can recommend anything, I would recommend that one to anybody. Yeah, man. I, you know, I, you know, I wish, I wish this was like a Sean Price was still alive, <laughs> and we was playing tribute and be like, man, let's try to get this interview or something. But yeah, you know. I'll just say anybody, just go check him out, man. Give him a chance and um hope you enjoy it. Yeah, that's what's up. I'm telling you, uh he 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 put it down, you know, and uh let's check in with Reaper, see if he has any thoughts on Sean Price and his uh contribution to the thing we call hip hop. Um, not really, no. To be honest, I don't know too much about Sean Price. Seen the name here and there back in the hot new hip hop days just stray underground singles, stuff like that, but not really. I haven't listened to any uh, Sean Price front to back. When you said we was going to be talking about him, I pulled up some of the stray songs, and they sound all right, but uh, can't say I know too much about the guy. All right, that's what's up. We're going to play one more song that we thought was notable from him, and uh, here we go. One shot, one slug. All it takes for this nigga to disfigure your mom. Not five, not four, not three, not two. Just yeah. All I need is one mic like Nas, one knife like John Rambo. Y'all niggas can't handle the guard. Sean Price will dismantle your squad. You was a group now. It's... Yeah, break up, make up, break up again. Bottom line, y'all the biggest of friends. You just mad that you taking the bus and he taking the bends. He like. Whoa. All right, that was Sean Price from his project, uh, Jesus Price Superstar, and the song was One. Uh, That, for me, was one of my favorites from his solo career. I'm on board with uh, Kev as far as his duo stuff. He just did some fire duo stuff, and uh, again, just wanted to show him some, you know, give him some flowers, you know, even though he's he's, he's, uh, an ancestor now, and I wish some of the younger uh, people had uh, experienced him. So, you know, this was a part of why I thought it was relevant to bring it to the show. So with that, we're going to keep it moving. And that was our old school hip hop artist spotlight on our man, Sean Price. All right. So now we're getting into it real thick and heavy with talking hip hop. And our main topic for talking hip hop is life after death. It's 25th anniversary. All right. So uh, let's start this off by playing a song that we found notable from our man, the notorious B.I.G. And here we go. Average, pop a 
twist cabbage off instinct. Niggas don't think shit stink. Pink gators, my Detroit players. Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn. Dead right, if the head right, Biggie there and I. Papa been smooth since days of under rules. Never lose, never choose to. Bruce Cruz, who do something to us? Talk, go through us. Girls walk to us, wanna do us, screw us, who us? Yeah, Papa and Pump. Close like Starsky and Hutch, stick to clutch. Yeah, I squeeze three at your cherry M3. Oh, man, that was hypnotized by a man, Notorious B.I.G., or we call him Biggie Smalls, from his uh, Life After Death. And this is the 21st anniversary of that project. It happened, uh, what was it, Reaper, two weeks ago? A week ago. Uh, yeah, about a week ago. I want to say March. 25th. The last week of Mar- Mar- March 20th, yeah, 25th, 27th, yeah. 1997. All right, that's what's up. That was uh, last week, all right? It was the 25th. Oh. Wait a minute. Now that was, uh, yeah, that was last Friday. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, get into it, fellas. Let's let uh, Reaper, uh, uh, you know, start with this and giving our man some shine on this. Uh, your thoughts on the 25th anniversary of Life After Death? First of all, Stink Pink Gators, my Detroit players. Yo, one of the greatest of all time has immortalized the city of Detroit in one rhyme on the track. I appreciate Biggie for that off top. But um, I think it's a really interesting thing. We talked about it uh, some months ago when we talked about double disc albums and and filler. I'm not backing down on my statement. There is some filler on Life After Death. I wish it had the best of both records on one. It would be more concise, like uh, Ready to Die is. But um, it's cool. There's some interludes and some stuff on there and uh it's some great tracks on there do i like every song no but it's some great tracks on there and it's uh definitely worth a listen to if you haven't and uh definitely among the top in the pantheon in the history of rap yeah no doubt i'm looking at the track list and i'm just you know it was uh it was a beautiful time in the world i would tell you just the people that got together to put this together. Uh, you know, I, I got to give some love to, I know the people, you know, that we had issues with on the, that I had issues with is on the, our production episode, but, uh, Havoc's track, uh, last day was, you know, the collab he did with the locks. I thought that joint was hot. The one name we did not bring up and, you know, afterwards, I actually got I got some here for what from some people in the street. Easy Mo B, you know, that dude, he did. I love the dough with Jay-Z and Angela Wimbush. That dude, we, we missed on him. Easy Mo B's got a lot of hits, you know, maybe not nearly as prolific as some of the artists that we were talking about, but he definitely has some some fire there. And then uh, also uh, Buck. Buck Wild was on that joint, man. Yeah, this is it, man. This rem- I'm just reminiscing, and I know uh, Kev is gonna finish this one off and, and say the same thing. But I was in spaces. I know th- when I hear certain songs, I know exactly where I was. This is the this is the this is the theme music to my life in the twenty in my twenties. You know, uh, Biggie and I are very close to the same age, so uh, you know when those songs dropped, I know exactly when those singles came out, where I was at, what I was doing. And it's just a, 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 it's a nice look back at something that means a lot to my generation. You know, uh, Kev, your thoughts on the 25th anniversary uh, of life after death. 
what let me i'm gonna say the producer thing it is it is weird you say that too because like right after we did that show this random youtube video popped up and it was an easy mo b interview <laughs> and and the guy was just t- you know asked him a lot of questions about you know hit the work he did with big and the work he did with park and he was just pretty much he was just saying how the good relationships he had with those two guys but um like reaper said you know a few episodes back he mentioned the double album thing and and i and i took up the challenge and i said that you know out of the two biggest double albums of hip-hop that this one life after death was you know close to perfect if not perfect and even the stuff you feel like was filler it it's fit right in i mean it was just everything was just it was just good so um, I've been listening to bits and pieces of this album since then. So um, it's, it's gosh, it, it doesn't feel like 25 years though, man. It does not feel like 25 years. And it kind of makes me feel a little older <laughs> <laughs> than I am already. But um, I mean, you know, this is a, it's a dope ass album, man. And, and I wish big could have gave us at least two more, you know, he, he he's one of the greatest, but, because he didn't have enough, you can't really put him in that greatest, that GOAT list. Um, and it sucks because I think he could have been the top, like the number one. I, I think he, he was on the verge of being the number one. I mean, he just, he could give you the radio songs. He could do some storytelling. He could do some street stuff. He, a little lyrical. I mean, he, he could get you with so many different angles and songs for everybody and and I really don't I mean, you know, Jay-Z here and there and you know, if Nas get the right beat, but it's no one consistently that's giving you songs for everybody and you was guaranteed to get that with big, man. And and it's it just sucks that we didn't have him that long. We didn't have him that long. We got two albums out of it and, and, that, and that's it. So man, 25 years, man. And I and I remember when this came out man i was just so excited and but it just at the same time it, it kind of hurt because he he wasn't really here to really see the impact of how everybody caught on and could appreciate what he gave us for this album yeah i feel you on that uh kev let's jump into another song that we thought was notable from the project and uh we'll, we're gonna dig a little deeper once we come back from this uh this uh this track Pill fast through the city, play Monopoly with real cash. Me and Biggie in the models be shaking ace and diddy ass and parada be something you cats got to see. And the watches be all types of shapes and stones being broke as childish. And I'm quite grown, run up in the club with the ice on me and Python. Scope the spot out, see something nice, and I'm gone. You cats home screaming the fights on. I'm in the 1500 seats watching Tyson. Same night, same fight. One of us cats ain't playing right. I let you tell it. People place yourselves in the shoes of two felons and tell me you won't fall every chance you get at any chance you hit. We live for the moment. Makes sense, don't it? Now make dollars. Cats pop bottles, bone chicks that paper. I dollars and rack up weak with life mileage. Gotta 
All right. And that was I Love Doe featuring uh, Jay-Z and uh, Angela Wimbush. And again, like we already said, produced by our man, Easy Mo B. I want to delve into this. So, again, we know how great of a two albums we have here. My question is, and I, I, I want uh, Kev to jump back in on this. Do you think we love Big because of the flow or do you think we love Big because of the whole thing? How Sean, Combs, P. Diddy, Puffy, whatever you want to call him, put it together because he curated both albums and he produced a large portion of the first as well as he produced and executive produced the second album. Your thoughts, Kev? I, I don't know. That's a that's a hard question to answer, to be honest with you. I'll answer it. I don't want to take nothing away from Puff, but Biggie was a a generational talent. Like there may never be another big or someone in that vein of big who can do anything. And I don't know, it's hard to say, but I mean just like like this song here. I think, you know, I think Puff did had a hand in it. Um, not to take nothing away from Easy Mo B, but Puffy is Puffy was like a sample god back then, man. And those 70s and them early 80s R&B tracks, you know, it, even if it was, you know, rap a rapper and Puffy had something to do with it, it was a singer, Puffy had something to do with it. he 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 has a good ear for like certain beats and flipping them certain way, telling someone how to flip it a certain way. So it's, I mean, overall, I would say no. Overall, I would say no. But like certain songs, I would say yes. Um, Like I said, I, I, I think Big, Biggie was just a generational talent though, man. Like, you know, nothing against nobody else. But I mean, after that first album came out, I don't think nobody was, I don't think there was a better rapper than him. And yeah, and I know Nas Illmatic came out around the same time but i mean if i it you know comparing illmatic to um ready to die whoo that, that that's a that's a discussion we need to have man like what was the better debut <laughs> but biggie had the radio hits like nas had those street classics but biggie was killing on the radio and let me stop you there so if you're making that point you know that puffy forced him to do Juicy and to do uh, 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 the, the Lover. He did not want to do those songs to those beats, and Puffy forced him to. I said the R&B type of beats. I'll give Puffy credit for, but, like, overall, big storytelling is amazing. It's amazing, and a lot of people don't even touch on it. Like, like, I, like even right now, I saw a Little C's interview, like, two weeks ago, and they asked him about some biggie song and i was saying like it's been oh it's been 20 plus years and people still trying to get backstories on these songs that he did like was this was this true did this situation happen like the um like the joint where he uh uh he said he's with the girl and her boyfriend was a new york knicks player they still talking about that song now yeah <laughs> like tupac is an icon yes but when we sit here, we and we're and we're and people are still dissecting one like this man's music, like lyric and bars and like and 
just the amazement people have of it. It's that's that's like generational, man. That's like stuff that you don't see all the time. And it's nothing against nothing against Tupac, nothing against Nas, but his talent, I think, surpassed all of them. That's just me. And 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 you know, Nas is my favorite. I I I, I put Nas Nas, I like Nas more than I like Big as far as my personal five, but I mean, if I'm just going on pure talent, I don't think it was no more more talented than Big though. All right, I'm. I just wanted to pose the. I'm. I'm. I'm not saying that Puffy didn't help Big. I, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying overall, I think Big would have been a known rapper without Puff. But do you think he would have had the commercial success that he had? That was my question. Because again, of course he would have. Because that's the only way he. That's the. That's, that's the only way he would have got signed or made any money. He he would have had to do he'd have had to do a radio song. No, but I'm just saying the, you just gave the perfect example that Illmatic, even though it's considered one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time, right? It is not as, as far as units sold. Both of Big both of Biggie's albums sold more units. That's the only reason I, I brought this. But Nas don't make them. But Nas don't sell a lot of records, though, man. I understand that, so that's why I asked the question: Was it? the talent or was it the curation was it the production was it the executive producer being so hot at the time that he knew he had his finger on the pulse of what people wanted to hear and you gave your opinion so i respect that the radio songs pulled you in but i mean how many albums have you listened to where the first three singles were radio songs and you listen to the album and the rest of the album is trash yeah plenty but I'm saying, right, that's what I'm saying. Like, he gave you he gave you radio songs to pull you in. When you came in, you just like, I love the dough. I, I'll be honest with you. I can't remember if that was a, a radio song or not, but if it was, I'm not shocked. If it wasn't, I wouldn't be shocked, but it ended up being something that you could say, damn, I like this joint. It, it was something that you could play in the clubs. You could play in the radio. You could play it in a block party. The thugs, the hardest street dudes could play I Love the Dough in their car and nobody wouldn't look twice at them. They'd be bobbing their head, rapping the words to them. You're right. One song. One song can go in all these different places. You can't really say that about a lot of rappers, the big time rappers. You can't. You're right. It wasn't It wasn't a single, by the way. It wasn't. You're correct. Okay. I mean, but like I can say, I, you know, Puffy is amazing. Puffy has put a, a stamp on just music as a whole, not just rap, just music as a whole. And I don't want to discredit Puff. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to discredit Puff at all, but it, I think I think Big was just Big was just something else. Big was going to shine with or without Puff. I, and again, I respect it. I'm just posing the question to people I respect their opinions on. So now the man who said he could answer this question. DJ Reaper. Give it to me. Yeah, it's a, very, it's a very simple answer. Would Big have had success? Yes, because he was rapping better than anybody. Well, let's say arguably better than anybody at the time. However, would he have had success to the same level without Puff? The answer is no, because you saw it re, re, you know, animated, not animated, but uh, re, re, I can't think of that word. Anyway, told again in the in the Biggie movie, you know, 
oh, I don't like this this beat, you know, for Juicy. I'm telling you, man, keep that street stuff for the album. You got to do this for the radio. And then he warmed up to it. Ended up making songs like Sky's the Limit and Player Hater. You know, these songs that are kind of whack, if you ask me. But Puff was a manager, was a, you know, head of a label in every sense. He knew how to take the raw, rugged package of Biggie and and mold it into something to get the maximum creative content uh, delivery, blah, 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 out of that package. That's the answer. Yes, Biggie would have been successful, not to the successful level that he uh, made it. Unless, I mean, unless he got with like somebody else that's known for doing that, like Timberland or something like that. And we would never know in some alternate universe if he got with Timberland or if he got with you know, DJ Premier or somebody, you know, that's comfortable with doing like entire records. But um, but that's the thing. Even Puff didn't do the entire record. He was smart enough to know like, no, I, I've got the vision, but I'm not going to do all these beats. Like we're going to still get beats from other people and stuff, you know. Without a doubt. And one of the people he got the beat from was DJ Premier. DJ Premier and Clark Kent did songs on both albums. Yeah. Clark Kent does uh, the song that I said is wacko. <laughs> I'm just giving out the information. I'm not saying whack or not whack because I believe both of these albums stand the test of time as far as should they be in the top 20 of greatest albums ever made. And to have two in the greatest, I think is pretty legitimate. So I'm going to give him his, his flowers for that. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to. Before you end it, I'm going to say an unpopular opinion. So, okay, first off, have you guys heard the the theory about uh, the second, the third album, rather, was supposed to be triple disc? Have you all heard that theory? I've heard the rumor, yes. Okay. So for those that don't know, the, the first album was a single disc. Life After Death is two discs, as we just talked about. But they say his third album, whether it was going to be called Born Again or not, I believe that was supposed to be the title anyway, but it was supposed to be three discs, which sounds like, it sounds incredible but it sounds like a whole lot of filler if you ask me but again maybe he would have worked on it for a long enough time that it just would have been the greatest thing ever put to tape three discs worth of worth of songs but i think if you look at songs like sky's the limit if you look at songs like player hater if you look at songs like going back to cali which is a great track but i think it would have slowly left the street stuff behind because if you look at life after death there's some street tracks on there kick in the door 10 crack commandments um and then there's some iconic you know speak it into existence stuff uh you're nobody till somebody kills you somebody's got to die but i feel like the majority of the album isn't like that you know especially if you look at where rap ended up going with jay-z and with uh raekwon uh, Nas, you know, more the mafioso kind of style because of, you know, Biggie. So I think the stuff would have landed there. But then even you had More Money, More Problems, which is shiny suit, you know, kind of stuff. I, don't, I think it would have got further and further away from the street stuff. So this is my unpopular opinion. For the sake of Biggie's career, his legacy, I think it's better that we only have two albums. You've got Super Street Ready to Die, more polished, 
you know, growth, mafioso, life after death, and that's it. I feel like if he would have stuck around, it could have went off the rails real easy, especially if he would have put out that triple disc album. I don't think I don't think he would have did a triple disc because I think somebody would have talked him off the ledge. But who was going to talk him off the ledge? He was the biggest thing in rap. And it wasn't his idea to do the triple. That was Puffy's gimmick. No, it wasn't Puffy's gimmick. It it was it was uh, I think that was Un's. Uh, I think Un tried to push him to do that because Big was trying to get off a of bad boy. Yes, and that would have got him off. So that's why I think it would have been done. But somebody would have talked him off the ledge. He wouldn't have did triple disc because just like you said, it it had been too much filler. That is that's too much music. That's too much music. But I I, I don't know. I just that third disc would have been that his third CD, his third project would have been. I don't know. I, 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 you know what? I, I think I will agree with you on that. I, I don't think his third disc would have been that great for the simple fact he was trying to leave Bad Boy to do his own thing. And he just probably was just trying to, you know, I, part of me feels like he would have just did a contract fulfillment and, you know, gave Puffy some stuff and go ahead, release it. And then, you know, came out with this banging ass album on his label so i don't know uh, you know again I, I i don't want to throw dirt on any of this i'm I, but it just made a little sense you know I, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory i definitely believe un was the one doing that it just i don't know man it's a tough situation uh we're gonna delve a little further into it because i do have another uh, question to pose to the fellas. So uh, I'd like to play one more song from the album. And, and I think this one says a lot about, you know, where his head was. So here we go. Tell me who rock, who sell out in the stores? You tell me who flop, who cop the blue drop, who jewel drop drop, who mostly don't be down to the blue drop. The same old pimp, lace, you know ain't nothing changed but my limp. Can't stop till I see my name on the blimp. Guarantee me yourself, pull it up a lot. You don't believe no the world, nigga, double up. We don't play around, it's a bet, lay it down. Nigga didn't know me 91, but they- I had to throw in a little bit of that puffy, shiny suit stuff because I uh, uh, Kev mentioned it and I forgot we definitely didn't represent for that. So I just looked at and, and, and you guys are welcome to do the same thing. I would ask you guys to look at hottest hip hop albums of 97 and then look up hottest hip hop albums of 98 and tell me where he would have stood in 99. It would have been a problem. I don't know if he could have stood the time because at that point, 99, you got you got cash money coming out of nowhere. You got uh, you got uh, Atlanta coming out of just just coming to life. And then you also got um, you also got no limit. That's really shining at that point, too. And then the West Coast is really still doing their thing. So my question again is, if you guys look at those hot, the hot stuff that was going on in 97 and 98, does he still stand on the top of the hill? And I'll let it be after this. Either of you are welcome to come in and looking at take a look. his only competition. And night if let's say this album came out in 98, right? Yes. We're going to say life after death came out in 98. His only competition is Lauryn Hill. 
Oh, no, no, not, not, not life after death. Life after death is done. That went up against Wu, Wu forever. We know that. That's that's okay. it. I wanted to look at 98 when he would probably put out another album or even not, or we could look at 99. But I looked at 99. And I said 99 would have been a problem. So you guys are welcome. Look at 98. Look at 99. 99 is definitely a problem. 98, I think he could have made it in 98, but you got Big Pun in 98. Uh, you know, oh, it'd be, oh, come on, man. It'd have shined over Big Pun. Listen. Big Pun. Puffy could, I mean, Biggie could do a show. Pun couldn't do no shows, man. Big Pun couldn't do a show. Big Pun. Outcast. Jay-Z. Volume 2. Beastie Boys. Juvenile. Lauren Hill. Not DMX. That's his only competition in 98 would have been Lauren Hill. Eh, one of the DMX albums might have been. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say DMX. But again, I think if Biggie doesn't die, the the thing that you got to factor in is hard to factor in is like, because he died, all of these other things happen. Like does Jay-Z jump off? Cause again, ready, uh, not ready to die. Uh, reasonable doubt is, is out. Uh, volume one is, is out 97, but does all of no volume one didn't come out to after he died. Yeah. Volume one came out after it was the end of 97 going into 98. Volume one. But that's what I'm saying. It was still 1997, though. So what I'm saying is we don't know if he was already planning that or did he make it after he died? We don't know. What I'm saying is let's say Volume 1 still comes out. But with Biggie still around, does because, again, from 96 to 2004, Jay-Z puts out an album every single year. Does that still happen if Biggie's still in the picture? You could even say, okay, Volume 1 to 3 come out with some different singles but by the time you get to Dynasty, maybe Dynasty is the commission album instead of Dynasty. Because remember, Dynasty wasn't even supposed to be him. It was supposed to be like a Rockefeller compilation that turned into his album kind of thing. So the question is, does Jay-Z pop like that? Does DMX pop like that because his sound is different enough from Biggie? Or does DMX and Biggie collab? You know, And then does does the collab of Biggie and DMX lead to DMX outshining Big and then DMX becomes number one, does Big outshine DMX and then that pushes DMX down a peg and then you got to think volume two, Ja Rule came from that and, you know, Nas came after he did, it was written, you know, uh, Biggie was still alive but then I Am and the, the continued mafioso stuff, does that happen if Big is still alive because they weren't necessarily cool you, you see what I'm saying? So I think Lauren Hill comes still comes out. The stuff, Hot Boys, Big Timers, No Limit, Snoop, Snoop going to No Limit, all of that stuff still happens. But but again, does it happen though? Because Snoop is trying to leave Death Row because Pac and Big get killed. And you know, I don't want to say he gets shook, but he's just like, nah, I'm not trying to deal with this stuff no more. And he goes to No Limit. Does that still happen if Big doesn't get killed after Pop? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he still leaves Death Row. Maybe he goes out on his own. Maybe he doesn't see it as a big deal. Or, I don't know. I think the entire East Coast rap scene is different if Big is still alive. Because you got to, even 1990, I think it's 1998, there's a Locks album in there too. And And it's like, does the Locks come out you know if because they're still rocking with bad boy at the time does the locks even come out if big is is still alive 
maybe eventually, but maybe not. Yeah, no, they had to keep putting out uh, out content, so they were definitely going to come out. But that album wouldn't have been a competitor. That's why I didn't name that one. But I'm looking at Outkast. I never can pronounce that right. <laughs> but their second album came out, and that album was very strong. It did very well. It's Aquimini. <laughs> Aquimini. Thank you. I never pronounce it right. I always mess it up. But yes, that and then, and then we've all talked about 400 Degrees. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm again. I'm just posing the question based on what I'm looking at, and that was '98. Then we go to if we go to '99, it gets harder. It doesn't get easier. We like like you said. We just don't know. We just don't know. But but I, like I said, I think rap changes because Big dies, and again, because even the mafioso thing doesn't last too long. Like Nas does it once or twice. Raekwon does it. You know, Jay-Z does it. But again, by the time Jay-Z gets to volume three, he's still on it a little bit, but not really. He's moved on. It's kind of like, all right, that that time has passed. Let's move on. So maybe that lasts longer if Big doesn't die. Or again, maybe Big, because he set the trend, you know, sort of Frank White along with uh, Raekwon did it first, though. Let, let's put that on record. Raekwon did it first with Cuban Links. But yes. Maybe that goes since he helped popularize it. Maybe it goes on a little bit longer. And then the people that come out in 99, aside from uh, No Limit, Cash Money, maybe they still keep that style alive. Maybe it doesn't last going into 2000, 2001. But I don't know. I think it would. The biggest. Huh? I was going to say the biggest problem you guys are missing in 99 is the Slim Shady LP comes out. And that was going to come out regardless of Biggie, no matter what that was coming out. But I think I think a bigger thing is because I because I, I thought about that in the back of my mind. But a bigger thing is 2001 from Dr. Dre. Slim Shady LP comes out and, you know, my name is does this thing. But Eminem doesn't become Eminem until the Marshall Mathers LP. Yes. And and I think it's a, an interesting thing because when 2001 comes out. And Biggie is still alive in 1999. Who's to say Biggie isn't on the album? I don't think that's. Oh, man, that's tough. Is, is Pac dead? Is Pac dead? If Pac's dead, he's not on the album. Pac is dead. We can't say that either, though. But I believe, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken. No, if, because he's still on. That's still Death Row. No, no, no. Uh, that's on Aftermath. Interscope. Yeah, Interscope. This is after Death Row. 2001 is after? Okay. Yeah, Dre left. Dre left Death Row when when Pac was still alive. Yeah, in ninety ninety six. And then uh, uh, Tupac started uh, beefing with Dre. Yeah, I got you. But uh, so I mean, it's you know, like like, like Reaper said, if Big would have stayed alive until the year two thousand, the landscape of rap would have probably been different. And, and it is not to say that none of these artists wouldn't have came out. It's very unpredictable to say who would have been bigger than another. And um, I, I mean, like you know, like you, like you, I mean, you brought up a good debate. You know, ninety eight versus ninety nine. Like looking at it overall, is a it it could be a topic in itself. Like, what was the better year? I mean. I, I personally, I would rather do 94 versus 95, but 98 versus 99 is a good year, too. 
Yeah, no doubt. I just, again, I, 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 I love Big. Love him to death. Thought he was an extremely talented person. I'm just looking at, I, I, I'll, I'll, if we were doing a spotlight on the 21st anniversary of one of uh, Pac's album, I think I would still bring up this question because as I'm looking, I just don't know if, unless they grow, if they can maintain because it is fire coming out after they pass. And I know I get what you guys are saying that if in they're in the game, but wouldn't you guys think that if they're in the game, they are pushing people to work even harder. Jay-Z's album is even better. Like, like when you said three, you was like, ah, three, three would have been better if they're out. If you ask me, Jay always steps his game up. That means that when Eminem comes out, his debut is even better than the Shady LP was. That's all I'm saying. That uh, the that Quimini is better because they're the, the Pac and Biggie are still here. Maybe. I mean, they weren't like direct, none of them were like direct competitors. So maybe, but, but not. And Nas Nas comes out in '99 with I Am. I Am is better if those two are alive. I assure you of that. I Am. Not, not. <laughs> no, I think it's still the same album. It's still the same album. Yeah. Well, that's another side story. Like I am was supposed to be two discs, you know, and then half the album got leaked on Napster. So he called an audible. So, and again, maybe born again, a triple disc born again, surely gets leaked on Napster. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a, it, it, it is a different game, though, but, you know, you know, shout out to Big, shout out to his family and all that, man. And and we here, you know, we, we, we love, really love the man and appreciate what he could do. It sucks, man. It just sucks that it, it's, I mean, music can take you out, man. And, and it's not even, I don't know, man. It, it wasn't even really that serious, though. Whatever problem he had with anybody, it, it wasn't that serious to take this man's life. So, no doubt, no doubt. Well, again, gentlemen, I really appreciate you guys. I thought that this uh, conversation was great. I'm so happy that we were able to give a lot of fallen soldiers their flowers and just want to keep it going, man. Just want to keep it going. We want hip hop to grow in the spaces that it's in. And, and be as good as it was and as it can be. So uh, with that, uh, let's do these um, social media plugs and get out of here, fellas. Kev, tell them where they can find us on social media. You can uh, hit us on Twitter at Mixed Rap and find us on Instagram at Mixed Rap Pod. Yeah, and also, man, you guys can uh, send us questions or topics that you want us to cover, uh, artists that you want us to show some love to, uh, any of those things, man, just hit us on any of those platforms and we'll definitely check you out as well as uh, DJ Ripper's platform. Reaper, tell them where they can find you on social media. Across all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, WeChat, Mixcloud, if you like DJ Mixes, at the 313kid, T-H-E, 313-K-I-D. That's what's up. All right. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you. We got some, uh, again, I know I keep saying it, but we got some real treats coming up for you guys and uh, we're going to be hitting YouTube soon. We're going, we got some interviews coming up. We got some live shows coming up, everything. This is going to be a great year for us. Just keep supporting us. Keep checking us out. We out of here. Peace. Peace.